Welcome to The Church Door, a place where I can post my Bible studies and sermons for your listening pleasure. I'm the Reverend Matthew Fenn, pastor of St. Peter's Evangelical Lutheran Church in Stratford, Ontario. Thanks for tuning us in. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Would you agree that we're living in a world that's more and more characterized by unbelief? It might seem obvious, but people can and do reject the message of Christianity. People take offense at it. People mock it and laugh at it. People close their ears and their minds to it. Some literally walk out of church and close their Bibles. Christianity is more and more being viewed as backward, intolerant, bigoted, and colonial. We can despise and reject God's Word. It doesn't take much and it doesn't take much looking to discover that we're living in a Nazareth world. A culture that at the very best is disinterested in Jesus. Our readings from Ezekiel and Mark this morning testify that God's word is rejectable. God forces himself on no one. The two readings share the idea that God's voice is not always heard. And I think there's some important lessons here for us. First, I want you to notice their rejection. God sent the prophet Ezekiel to preach to the exiles, the exiles in Babylon, and he didn't even give them any miracles, just visions. Ezekiel had a call that no preacher wants. In our day, many pastors, they want calls that uh, where success is assured. And congregations want pastors who are going to succeed. Well, Ezekiel shows us that rebellion is a weed that grows freely in the soil of our hearts. The people of Israel in Ezekiel's time were hard-hearted. They were hardened in their sin. The evil had become so deep-rooted because of long centuries of vicious habit. Both the kindness and the severity of God could not bring this people to repentance. Even though they were in exile, even though they were in disgrace, their rebellious spirit continued down to that very day. They were not even ashamed of the past. Not even, there was no blush on their cheeks. All right feeling inside them was stone cold. Ezekiel was sent, our text says, to a rebellious, impudent, stubborn nation whose hearts were hard and bitter and turned away from God. These were a people who were in revolt. In the face of that 
stubbornness and impudence. Ezekiel is called to say, thus says the Lord. He's armed simply with the authoritative word of God. What he hears from God, that and that alone is he allowed to speak. He's not allowed to elaborate with his own opinion. He's not to rely on the latest and greatest philosophies. No, he is to proclaim everywhere, thus saith the Lord. The authority on which he has to rely is not human authority, but God's authority. Ezekiel's not to be afraid of them, no matter their words of rejection, no matter their looks of disapproval or disdain. He's simply to be a mouthpiece of God to a rebellious nation. He's to call and speak God's own truth and not his own ideas. And the people, the people choose their response. And sometimes they decide not to listen and heed the voice of the prophet. You preach to them, son of man, says God to Ezekiel. And whether they listen or not, and don't expect them to listen because they're a stubborn house, you preach to them anyway. And they will know that a prophet has been sent among them. God insists on being heard. He wants his word to go out. He wants people to listen, but he will not force himself on anyone. Now, that was Ezekiel. Surely we think that Jesus is going to be different, right? I mean, after all, he is Jesus, the Son of God, the most outstanding teacher the world has ever seen. Well, Jesus one day went to his hometown of Nazareth, the place where he grew up. They knew him there. They remembered when he was knee-high to a grasshopper. He'd played with their kids in the street. He attended their synagogue. They knew Mary and Joseph. Maybe they had contracted Jesus for their carpenter's work. And now here he is, an itinerant preacher. Come home. And so do they throw a party and celebrate? No. They're offended. Where did he get this wisdom? We went to the same synagogue school as he did. Where did he get all this power to work? He was a carpenter. How We know his family. Who does he think he is? They were offended. What offended them? What offended them was how ordinary Jesus was. Jesus. Just plain old Jesus. The guy next door with calloused hands and who built their tables and chairs and whatever else he needed to build. They knew his folks. They knew his family. And all they knew all about him. He lived in their neck of the woods for 30 years. And no one thought anything out of the or there was anything out of the ordinary about him. He didn't glow. He didn't have a shining, gl glowing gold nimbus around his head which said, Jesus the Christ, like we see in the icons. He was just a plain, ordinary guy. Mary's boy, the carpenter. Plain, old, ordinary Jesus offended and scandalized the hometown crowd. Yet, God, God himself, was hidden in an ordinary man. Imagine that, the sinless Son of God in human flesh, and nobody seems to notice. They attached no value to what he said. 
A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown. To honor Jesus would have been to esteem him as a prophet, to pay attention to his words, to believe him, to act upon them. What was scandalous then, and it's still scandalous now, is the ordinary, everyday Jesus. When God appears to save the world, we expect Superman or something larger than life, extraterrestrial, flashy. Not a carpenter from Nazareth. That's too ordinary. It's too much like us. It's too much part of everyday life. Now, do you see the point? Do you catch and connect the dots between these two passages? Stubborn, impudent, rebellious. That was Israel. That was Nazareth. That's us. You and me. Don't, do not think for a minute that we are any better than those Israelites or those people in Nazareth. We are not. We are just as stubborn, impudent, and rebellious as they were. That's why Jesus has to tell the apostles when he sends them out that there will be people who will not receive them. But they're to go out and do what Jesus said to do anyway. They proclaim and people that people should repent. They proclaimed that people should repent. And people don't like to hear that. They chafe because it goes against the grain. People do not want to hear that what God calls sin is actually sin. That's a danger for us in North America. Like the people of Scripture, we can be too familiar with Jesus. We've grown up hearing about him, haven't we? There's a danger that we won't take him or his word seriously. We're too familiar with those who call themselves his followers and who don't really live up to the Christian way that we become scandalized. It's all too ordinary. A splash of water, a little bit of spoken word, a little bread, a little wine, an ordinary guy and some robes talking at me. It's all just too ordinary every day. Like Jesus it's just too plain. And we Christians, we are not too thrilled about this repentance thing either. No, we don't want to repent. We don't want to have to hear that some of the things we want to do are go against God's will and that these things are sins or that we're guilty and that we're, we have to actually acknowledge our sin, confess them and give them up. That's hard. You don't want to do it. We love our sins, and we don't like hearing this message. We're like Israel. We don't want to listen to those whom God has sent to preach to us. So how about you? Will you follow the example of Israel? Maybe you'll follow the example of Nazareth. Will you continue to suddenly, impudently, Rebel against the Creator? Do some inventory. What areas of your life do you find yourself rebellious against God?
shouldn't take us, any of us, very long to figure that out. Or will you repent of your sins? Will you listen to God's word? Will you humbly turn to God for forgiveness? Mark says that Jesus was shocked at their unbelief. But I think there's something more astonishing here. What's more astonishing, what's more shocking, is the lengths that God goes to to save a pack of stubborn, impudent sinners like us. Although each and every one of us, all of us, me included, are rebellious, we're not without hope. God holds out hope that we will hear and repent. God does not neglect his children. The Son of God came into the world to rescue and save outright rebels. And although Jesus came into the world, Jesus faced rejection. He encountered unbelief time and again. And he met unbelief and rejection from the chief priests and the Roman soldiers. And that had fatal consequences. The good news, the good news today is that Jesus came to die for people he knew would reject him. Jesus knew he would be rejected in his hometown, his, by his family, by his own disciples, his nation, even you and I. Jesus knew this. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Yet he came anyway. When he was rejected, he stayed the course. And he went willingly to the cross because of his love for a rebel like you. God used the stubborn, impudent rebellion of his own creation to save the world. On the cross, Jesus was rejected so that God might accept you. Jesus, the perfect Son of God, was hung on the cross. He was canceled by his culture because his culture could not tolerate him anymore. God's voice is not always heard. But he does not stop inviting sinners to repent. Our Lord knew he would be rejected, and he came anyway. He came to earth. He came to Israel. He came to Nazareth. And he came to a bloody cross. He came for you to call you back out of your rebellion to repentance and faith. Forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation. Those are guaranteed by God for all those who trust in Christ. The Christ who was rejected for you. May that peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.
You've been listening to The Church Door. Thanks again for tuning in. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, you can reach me, Pastor Matthew Fenn, at revfenn, R-E-V-F-E-N-N, at iCloud.com. Look forward to having you with us again next time.